Hello, I'm RJ City, and you are listening to the Monster Cast. You're going to talk about Bela Lugosi. They're going to talk about Lon Chaney Jr. He'd be so sad, holding his hat, saying, Please, put me in this room and don't unlock the door. And you can't do any better than the Doll Brothers. Jack and Ryan, they're brothers, but they're also bros. Uh, what? Pardon? Wrestling. Well, who the hell wants to talk about wrestling? These are horror movies. It's a deep genre. It's a smart genre. Fantastic actors. Fantastic cinematography. Wrestling is just sweating and fireworks and bouncy ropes. There's nothing. So how do you talk about that every week? All right. Let's see them try. Take it away, you crazy dolls. What's up, you guys? Sean Rossap Fightful here. You're watching the Monster Cast with Jack and Ryan. A big shout out to those fellas. Good people. Check them out. Jake and Brian. Brandon Cutler here from AEW, and I hope you guys have an awesome podcast with the Monster Cast. What what was that? Your name is Jack and Ryan? Shut up, Jack and Ryan. Wrestling podcast? How fucking original. I guess I just I mean. Here's your host of the Monster Cast, the Straight Edge Monster Jack and Ryan. Welcome to the actual Monster Cast. That's right. We just pulled double duty here live. We did the draft. Night two recap. And now we're doing the actual show. Uh, believe it or not, I did have enough time to change my shirt. And I said, nah, fuck it. I'm just going to wear the same shirt. <laughs> I already said in the other one that I was going to be wearing the same shit. So I might as well. Um, decent sized show for you today. Um, We'll talk a little bit of probably the draft will probably creep back into this when we talk about this very first topic but we have to start out with uh obviously what happened last night but i am jack that's ryan um as you can see still prediction champion which was going to happen anyway because we only picked one different but let's get i didn't only have the updated ones fuck that's the one thing i forgot to do was update the records i had the updated records on the notepad but i forgot to put the updated records on the fucking graphic damn it man all right so the upgraded just add six and one to one my side and seven and none to the other. Yeah, well, in case people didn't remember, couldn't remember. Well, we didn't talk about this before anyway. If you would have, you would have had to have watched the prediction show on YouTube, obviously. But right now I'm 45 and 10. Ryan is 41 and 14. Yeah. There you go. I wanted, I wanted Lesnar to win. Cody puts a stop to racism once again, and you love to see it. Well, we're going to talk about that and many other things that happen first on the hot tag topics. Let's go ahead and get started. But before we get started with that, I do want to hit you up with something I've been working on. All right. So I've got a lot of... I'm going to try to pop you. All right. You ready for this? 
I'm, I'm with a wrestling dad joke. Okay. I'm going to try to pop you. I've got a lot of them here. Some I took from the internet. Some I created myself. Um, I'm going to try to pop you. I'm just going to do one at the beginning of the next several shows until I run out of jokes, okay? Let's see. Let's find a good one because I want to put a check mark by it after I use it, okay? Okay. And they're, all, they're not all going to be hitters, obviously. We know that. But if I could just pop you once throughout the next 20-something weeks, mm-hmm. <laughs> I will have done my job. You think, you but just keep in mind, they are dad wrestling dad many? jokes. They're not supposed to be good, okay? They're not supposed to be good, obviously. Mm-hmm. All right. Here we go. Let's just go ahead and start with this one. Who drove when Jimmy Uso and Jeff Hardy rode together? Jesus. The police officer. No? That wasn't a good one? All right, we'll check that one off. No popping no popping on week one. I'm unpopable. No popping them. He didn't, he didn't laugh, guys. I thought that was one of the better ones, so that's probably not good going forward. <laughs> yeah, <probably not. laughs> oh, I popped him! I'll take it! All right, anyway. No, that was not the joke. Let's talk about WWE Backlash that happened on Sunday night. Hmm. Woo, okay. Now, this is how, like I said on Twitter, this is how you do a pay-per-view where nothing happened and to still make it feel like it was a big deal. This is why you do it right here. Because if you look at the, 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 the fucking card after it was over, like, let's say you didn't watch the show, right? And you looked at the results, and then you went online to see all the positive feedback from it. You'd be like, from that? That's what y'all are acting like it was a great big deal? But when you put who you put as far as uh, where it was, right? Who was on the card with, in relation to where it was, yeah. and then have giving a couple of matches really good amounts of time, like the Bianca Eos match and obviously the Bad Bunny and Damian Priest match. Um, it came off as a, as a success, even though if you look at it, like after the fact, nothing happened on the show. Yeah, it, it didn't advance anything. It's just that it was it was entertaining uh, parts of it. Um, but do you not but yeah. think that it was more entertaining because of the crowd as well, though? And how much always, they were into it? That's always how it is. Like, if yeah, you have well, a dead no, crowd, yeah. it always enhances it for sure. Yeah, agree. Yeah. Um, because if that was held in fucking Indiana and it was dead as fuck. Yeah. Actually, you know what? I'm not going to I'm not going to hate on Indiana. Let me let me let me talk about somewhere that I actually had. If we were in Raleigh, North Carolina, right, which I've been to and they fucking suck, right? If it was that kind of audience, then this would probably have been one, one of the worst pay-per-views of the year. Uh, I mean, as far as the card, maybe. But yeah, well, yeah, the it. card. Uh, yeah, there's a difference between it being bad, like, in the ring and, you know, whatever. I mean, like, it was a solid card. Like, it was almost like a glorified fucking Raw or SmackDown, honestly. But the crowd made it feel like a fucking pay-per-view. I think even with the with the um, with the card not being that strong, the Bianca and EO match was really good. The Bad Bunny Damian Priest match was really good. Um, I didn't have a problem with anything in the USO six man. Like the matches, Omos weren't... and Seth Rollins over delivered. Omos and Seth Rollins was surprisingly yeah, it, it did a lot more than I think people expected to. So yeah, I don't um, I don't know that it would have been seen as like a terrible pay-per-view or anything. It just, on paper, the matches didn't do anything, and storyline-wise, it didn't advance anything. 
So it would have been, it probably would be seen as a filler pay-per-view more than like a bad pay-per-view, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, like a backlash pay-per-view. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they usually are, right? But really backlash, which well. is usually a down pay-per-view because of the crowd got elevated a couple levels because of how good the crowd was. And it wasn't like, it wasn't like a UK crowd either where they're just cheering everybody because they're just happy to see them. They were booing some people. They were chanting EO. They were booing Bianca. They were booing Bianca a lot. They were booing Damian kind of Priest, who was also weird. from Puerto Rico. Well, that's because he was against Bad Bunny. <laughs> but still, yeah. he could even get the hometown pop when they announced where he was from when he was coming out, dude. Mm. I will say that um, after the Bianca match, they did cheer a lot after it was over. So it wasn't like it was just like them hating on Bianca. Yeah, they just would just, rather have seen EO yeah. go over. Yeah, right. for sure. For something, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I think the the legacy of this pay per view will be that it was it over delivered on the matches you didn't think were going to be worth a shit, and overall didn't advance anything. So it was like a filler pay per view. It was fine though. It was I, I was I was sports entertained during the uh, the Bad Bunny and Priest match, and I thought the Bianca and Io match was really good. Those both stand out a lot. Uh, I thought the the Cody Lesnar shit was awful. We'll talk um, about it. Let's go. Let's go one by one. It's a review. Yeah. This okay. is a review, so fuck it. Yeah. All right, so we started out with Bianca and Io, I believe, right? Was the first match? Give me some structure. Uh, it yes. was the first match, and like yeah. you said, it was really good. Would we consider this to be the second best women's wrestling match of the year for WWE after Charlotte Rhea at WrestleMania? Uh, you, yeah, you could. You could or would you? Or some. would you put it ahead of that? Because I wouldn't. But I did think it was better than Bianca and Asuka at WrestleMania. I think I think the reason that you wouldn't, yeah, I also thought that. I think the reason that you wouldn't is because there was never any chance that Io was going to win it. Okay, I can see that. And you didn't know who was going to win between Charlotte and Rhea for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But they really did fucking they beat the shit out of each other at WrestleMania, dude. <laughs> That's true. That was a good match. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I would say this is the second best WWE women's match of 2023 so far. And it's going to be really hard to beat either one of them because I thought that match was really good. Even even though I do believe that she was supposed to flip Io over on that one-handed thing, it still looked cool as fuck as a like an Ultimate Warrior just press slam drop thing, which it ended up being. Yeah. Um, she kind of landed on her face <laughs> a little bit too. So yeah, it wasn't great. But, I'm glad um, she decided, hey, I don't think I'm going to make this rotation. I'm just going to go ahead and just stop. Fall <laughs> stop rotating. <laughs> yep. Yep. I agree. That's what it looked like to me too. But um, still looked like a pretty nasty little fall. Uh, yeah, there's some cool spots in that match. Um, was that your okay? So of the night, is that your number one match, or was, is it Priest and Bad Bunny? Because that's really the it's down to those two. As far as like which was the better wrestling match, I don't think it's even close. But as far as like which one was more fun to watch, had more. I mean, the Priest match was overbooked as fuck. But it was overbooked. Well, you like that though. In like a, what? It was overbooked in like a fun way. It wasn't overbooked in like a oh we have to make an excuse for this guy losing uh, bloodline type shit like annoying kind of way. Um, so you want you want to know why it was overbooked, but it didn't feel like other shit. It's because the guys that came out didn't interact with the two dudes that were in the match. Yeah, they fought each other. No one. Bad Bunny didn't attack anybody that came out. And he didn't get attacked by anybody that came out. Damian Priest didn't get attacked by anybody that came out. They were still well, in the true. ring. That's not. That's literally not true. Judgment Day came out and beat the shit out of Bad Bunny. That's why everybody else came out. Eh. But it yeah. wasn't. It wasn't like okay. But it wasn't the kicks, stomping, 
you, you get what I'm saying? I'm talking about like beating the shit out of with a chair or some shit like that. Yeah. Okay. Like actually well, having an effect on the match. Having Damian Priest, I mean, having uh, Dominic Mysterio and Finn Balor stomp on you a couple times. That's that's not what I'm talking about here. It didn't change the finish. If that's what you yeah, mean. It exactly. Didn't lead, it didn't like, lead to the finish. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, exactly. Okay. They they yeah. had they had the they had the reason for the rest of the LWO to come out, mm-hmm. and then it just got taken away, and then you had like the whole second half of the match afterwards. So it didn't really affect the match. Is is what the, is my main point that I was getting at. So that I, it was even though it was overbooked, it wasn't overbooked at the end. It was overbooked in the middle, and then it had really no effect on the actual ending of the match. That's why I liked it. Um. And who doesn't love Carlito anyway? That was awesome. He's looking thick. Motherf- dude, they knew from the first note who it was. Yeah. I didn't. I couldn't even hear the goddamn song to see who the fuck it was. <laughs> they went nuts as soon as it happened. Like, oh my god, we know exactly who that fucking is. Even though he hasn't been anywhere near WWE in two years. Yeah, but he's wrestled down there for a while. Yeah, I understand that, but he's not using that song. I don't believe. Mm, I don't know. Well, he might probably be. Not. I don't fucking know. He might be. I don't, I don't, give shit I don't think they can stop him really. Yeah. What are you gonna do? Sue Puerto Rico. Well, they knew as soon as the first note do they went fucking nuts. It was crazy. Like it was Austin or Brock or some shit. It was crazy as fuck. They went crazy for Savio Vega too. Um, but yeah, I I think I think Quang. the Bianca EO match the was Chops better. Was awesome. Yeah, the, <laughs> the Bianca EO match was better. I think I don't think that's deniable. Um, but I, I was really entertained by the. the I the mean, match. we can say that Bianca and EO was kind of overbooked. Too, but we actually called all that on the show. Here's a dumb question: uh, Why the fuck wasn't the Bad Bunny and Damian Priest match last? Okay, so here's the thing: I don't have a huge problem with it not being last, but here's because because this is why, and this is the only reason why. In hindsight, yes, because of the way that the Cody match ended, Bad but Bunny and Damian Priest should have been should have end should have been last. But here's my problem: is is we. Didn't really know who was going to win between Cody and Brock Lesnar. And I'd rather the main event be between two people I don't know who's going to win. And we knew if if Bad Bunny and Damian Priest went on last, it would have been a foregone conclusion that Bad Bunny is winning. Whereas earlier on in the show, it wouldn't have been as, as like, uh, predictable. That's literally... Okay. What we said on the prediction show was literally if you have to bet on any of these matches, Bad Bunny is going to win. They weren't going to have... No, that's not what I said. I said, I said that. I didn't say that. I said Seth Rollins over Omos was the was the guarantee. I said that Bad Bunny was the guarantee. There was no fucking way they were having to lose. Okay, well, I I I agree with that. But if you made it the main event match, then you definitely know who's going to win the match. It's pointless to have that. You already definitely knew who was going to win the match. Not no. You put doubt in people's mind by having them not be the main event. But what I didn't like more, what I didn't like more is that you called it a double main event. And then had two more matches after the fucking one match that you said was part of the double main event. That's a triple main event, my guy. Listen, they just they, they that didn't make any Kingdom. sense. They were doing the Wrestle Kingdom thing, but they broke up the two nights. No, that literally made zero sense. Double main event. Then you had like you literally put double main event graphic on the Bad Bunny Damian Priest match, and then you mm-hmm. had the six man tag and the Cody Brock Lesnar match afterwards. Um, I don't know where you guys counted WWE or learned to count, but that's three matches. That's well, not a double main event. That's an dumb. Intermission. intermission. I, I guess um, we're just not counting Cody and Brock as a main event, and rightfully so after what we saw, right? Yeah. That was... But let's, let's oh, 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 hold up before we get started on that. Let's talk about Rhea and um, 
Zelina. Zelina. Yeah. Um, for for the hype and how much they were behind her, are you surprised that she got as little offense as she did? Yeah, I thought they would make it at least a little bit closer. It did seem pretty one-sided. Um, I mean, she had some, she had some, like, she had a little bit of shine, but it was, I definitely thought it was going to be more than that. Um, but I, I mean, I don't hate it. They still, they still went crazy for it, which is the point, right? So, um, I, I thought that they would make it more competitive or give her a few more hope spots than they did. Um, but we probably would have complained if they did. Because that's somebody who hasn't been competitive in that division for a while. And you could do the, oh, well, she was just fighting harder because she was in her, you know, her... Hometown advantage, yeah. Yeah, whatever, even though she's from Queens. But, you know, like, ancestral hometown, I guess. Um, I mean, if you've got a hometown advantage in other sports, it's not like it's out of the realm of possibility for somebody to fight harder in their hometown or home country or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think that the booking was correct... Also, I would throw this out there, too, because you have Rhea against Zelina doing the Jade Cargill thing where she could be not taking her seriously enough as well, which is kind of what she was doing. So I would have liked for her to get more offense in because of that, not just because she was in Puerto Rico. Or just both. But, yeah, it it, it felt a little too one-sided for the story they were trying to tell. But as far as long-term booking, it was the right... Mm -hmm. It was the right way to have the match. There's no way Zelina was ever winning the match. In fact, I would have put money on that one to be the most slam dunk one anyway. Just because, like they said on commentary, that was her first defense since WrestleMania when she fucking won the title. There's no way she's losing it. Uh, Well, I mean, it's not like they couldn't do some... But this is the thing. WWE never does this. If it was AEW, maybe. But they could have done the thing where the person is so over in their hometown that they want to make that crowd really happy. Yeah, like they did so with Darby they, or whatever. Right. So then you you have them win, but then you drop it in like another week or two. Well, um, Vince but doesn't everybody anybody let does, Vince isn't going to let anybody win in their hometown. Bad Bunny did. <laughs> yeah, but Damian Priest didn't. Boom. <laughs> yeah, Can't no, have it both ways, guy. Yes, that, that There's no the DQ. Joke. He had no way out of that one. <laughs> yeah, that was the joke. A little um, giant mallet. Mm. Stop this stuff. It's not you. Got it. Fucking every time I think of that shit, it's just a stupid. Um, I uh, it was the right it was the right call because you can't have Zelina look too strong against Rhea because then it makes Rhea look weak when Zelina hasn't really done anything in that division for so long. But um, I thought the match was fine for what it was. She still got her big ovation at the end. She got to wrestle in front of her family, like all that stuff. It was cool. I was, I was fine with it. All right, baby steps. Uh, is an understatement on this fucking bloodline storyline now that we've already been watching for over a year. Mm-hmm. the significant step forward I guess is that Solo now has some issues because he got chopped a little hard after he fucking chopped Jay to get in the match because he kept looking at his fucking chest at the end of it when they were when they were beefing at the end or whatever like what the fuck I would have been more concerned if they were more more interested if they would have went Jimmy getting pissed off that he got fucking super kicked or Jay, yeah. because you got whoever the fucking super kick too. I can't remember how it went. I think it was Jimmy that got super kicked by Jay. I could be. I could have that wrong. But either way, I would have been more fine and more invested in dissension between those two than I would have been solo because he got you got done to you what you just did to him, but you're that pissed off about it that you can't let it go. That that was the big come up out of that whole fucking pay per view. The Jimmy okay, but if they had done it with Jimmy, it wouldn't make any fucking sense continuity wise because they've accidentally super kicked each other like. 
80 goddamn times in tag team matches. So I'm glad they didn't do that. That would have made no sense. It made no sense for Solo to be that pissed off because he got slapped on the chest like he had just done to Jay. It makes sense because Solo's not a normal man, okay? Jesus Solo, Solo is a street champion. And... <laughs> a street champion? <laughs> I don't He's know, man. He's just a street it, champ. He's not even a champion. Didn't, it didn't make any fucking sense to me. Um, it, it felt like a... It felt like they still, they had to have some sort of descent that was enough for them to not lose the match, but enough to make it make it seem like they were mad at each other. But then by the end, like the very, very end, the last few seconds of the show, he seemed like he was on board. Shit was fine again. Um, he literally biggest... looked at his chest one more time right before they cut the feed. Yeah, but then he did the little scream thing. And no, that was way before whatever. that. Yeah, whatever. It's fine. Um, my, my problem is that it doesn't advance the, the Sammy... Jay stuff in any way, and now they're on different brands, so how are they advancing it from here, or are they? Uh, never like Riddle being involved in the first place, because A, I don't fucking like him, B, I think he's boring as shit, and C, he's distracting from the story. So, if you didn't have him in that match, instead, and put somebody else, like, literally anyone else... It wouldn't matter um, who was in it, they were taking the pin. Yeah, like, the, the problem is, you have a third person in the mix who's clearly just there to take the pin, which doesn't advance the Sammy J thing in any significant way. I didn't like that. It was pretty obvious from the start what they were doing. I think that's why we both predicted that um, that uh, Bloodline was going to win. Like, it just... I didn't like it. It, it seemed like a cop-out. But um, we'll see what they do with it now, now that they're on different brands, if they do anything at all. Because I know that the the word is, last Triple H said, was that the world champion, world tag team champion is supposed to be able to go to other brands, so maybe they'll do something with it from there, but... You know, um, felt like a non a non chapter in the story. It was just nothing. It was just there. So, I don't know. Speaking of uh, non chapters, let's talk about Cody and Brock. Cody, Cody and Brock. Bro. Okay. So the funny thing that's going around on Twitter right now is somebody had pieced together Cody's promo calling Brock a coward, and then showing the end end of the match from Backlash. When after he got the pin, he ran he away. away. <laughs> Listen, how does no. this help Cody? How does this help Brock with the way that? Why did it not end with the double fucking crossroads when he's bleeding all over his fucking face? Why couldn't it have just ended right there? That would have been way better, so much it, better. It doesn't make anyone look good because it makes Cody look like a pussy, not just for leaving at the end, but just the way that he won after talking all the shit. And it makes Brock look like a fucking idiot who's never been in a wrestling match in his life to sit there and lay on his back where he hears the ref right by his fucking head slapping the mat three times. This is the dumbest shit. You think he forgot what that means? He didn't even, like, there was no visual, like, movement or attempt of him at all to even try to kick out. Like, they're just pretending he's so stupid that he forgot what fucking the ref slapping the mat means. It made no sense. It was the worst. It was so stupid. It was so like stupid. Like, it was his first year in the business, yeah. and it was, like, his first loss ever. Like, he just forgot the rules, like, Eva Marie or some shit. Right! It made no sense, dude. It was so bad. I hated it. It, it made nobody look good. No, I, I totally agree. Like, there's no way they can... There's no way <laughs> yeah. that Brock can come out. There's no way that Corey Graves or Michael Cole or whoever's on commentary on Monday Night Raw to spin that to make it seem like uh, to protect Brock. Mm -hmm. That's the best way I can say it. Brock is fucked. Yeah, Cody, yeah. 
it's fine until he ran away. <laughs> and <laughs> also, you're not going to tell me that an NCAA Division One, whatever the fuck, million-time champion goddamn monster doesn't know when his shoulders are on a mat. The blood was in his eyes and it affected his hearing. It didn't affect him feeling <laughs> on his fucking shoulders that they were on the mat. Like, Dude, it just, none of shot, it made sense. The shot so where he busted open immediately was fucking crazy. Crazy. Uh, it looked like a real cut. It was like a legit, like right here. It wasn't like a blade job. It was like in the eyebrow line. Not in the eyebrow line up here, but like in the, the crease, like when you squint. So um, I think he got, I think he busted open for real. It was, I mean, up till, okay. So literally up till the double cross road before he kicks out, I thought the match was good. And then once he kicked out, and then that was the finish, like, almost immediately after with the with the quote-unquote Kimura yeah. into the backwards pin I mean, for the roll-up, that whole little thing right there was... just killed the entire match and the entire vibe. Yeah. Um, nobody, nobody looked good coming out of that. I It just made both of them look worse. Which... Is the exact opposite of what you wanted in this match. What you really wanted was for Cody the to get the main like a, event too, man. You wanted Cody to get like a hard fought but decisive win, so that maybe Brock comes out the next night and like you know gives him some little sign of respect, and Cody can move on and, and go back to his chase for the fucking title or whatever. Like the way that they booked this just makes everybody involved look so. But bad. this doesn't. Okay, if you watch the prediction show where I picked Cody, and my reason was. If Cody wins here and it's some bullshit win like it was, isn't this just going to set up for them at Night of Champions instead because Brock is going to come out on Raw tonight and fuck Cody up so that he doesn't win his triple threat match to get to the next round of the tournament, which would be, was it, two rounds, right? So you go, you go the two triple threats on Raw, two triple threats on SmackDown, then they'll have, I assume, a singles match on each one, then the two winners would fight at Night of Champions. So Cody doesn't come out of either tonight's match without Brock fucking him up because every triple threat is a no DQ match. So Brock yeah. can do it. And then, or Cody wins his one, goes against Rollins, and then Brock fucks him up there, whichever whichever way you want to slice it. Uh, we still don't really know the matches yet either, by the way. So we don't know if Seth and Cody would be in the same match or separate matches. I think that would help me determine when Cody's going to lose, by the way. Um, yeah. Because if they're in separate ones, I do believe they'll go Cody versus Seth for the final of the Raw side, if they're in the same one, then Cody's losing in round one. So, then Brock interferes because he's pissed off that he lost to Cody, and then we have the setup for Night of Champions where they fight again. Why? Because that's the only place they got to go. Cody's but not for... winning this world title. It would kill it. I understand, but why would well, they Well, he's got to do something in the meantime. What else is he going to do? Why would they wrestle at Night of Champions when neither one of them has a belt? Uh, because Roman won't be there. Because Lesnar's definitely going to have a fucking match at Night of Champions. And he ain't going to be involved in a title match. Lesnar's getting that Saudi money, son. Oh, yeah. They do love some Brock Lesnar over there. Um, maybe he can wrestle The Undertaker again. Come on, man. Tell me that guy. I'd All rather right. see that than a fucking Cody rematch. Uh, I, I got a feeling if we see a Cody rematch, he's just going to destroy Cody. And he's going to get the W back because Vince loves 50-50 booking. Mm. 
Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't know what they do from here, but neither one of them came out of this looking good. I never said it made sense. I'm just saying that's what I thought was going to happen on the prediction show, and we'll see what happens tonight to see if that's accurate or not. Tonight? Tomorrow? Oh, tomorrow. My bad. Well, tonight when people watch this on YouTube, because I'll be posting the Backlash review when we get off the show oh, for yeah, okay. tomorrow, before the, before Raw. Yeah, makes sense. Alright, so that match was a dud, for sure, because of the ending. But up to that point, yeah. before he kicked it, out of the two crossroads, well, it wasn't were, you, bad. were you into it or no? Uh, I think that... I think that if Cody's going to tell the story <clears throat> that he is uh, coming to come fight Brock man to man and that he's scared of him but he's gonna like swallow his fear and face him with honor and all this bullshit that attacking him <laughs> the way that he did I mean he was he was it's heel shit it's literal heel shit the way he started the match was heel shit the way he ended the match was heel shit running out of the ring at the end after you get a bullshit pin is heel shit like, it just... It I, I don't mind the beginning of the match, because if you're saying you're scared of him, and you're saying... And then on the other hand, you're saying you have to win, then I don't have a problem with the way he started the match. But then to beat him and then run away, <laughs> like you're still scared even though you just beat him, that that really killed it for me. Because, one, you beat him with a roll-up, which I fucking hate. Yeah. And then you did it... Not, not only do I... I hated in title matches more, but the main event of the pay-per-view... Against Lesnar? Yeah, see, that's, that's... I don't I don't have a problem with roll-ups. I have a problem with the idea that you're going to fucking beat Lesnar with a roll-up. Yeah, that's like, what I mean, yeah. Without hitting him in the dick or something. Like, that's just... That's crazy to me. You, there's no fucking reality where Brock Lesnar has his mat... has his shoulders on the mat for three seconds and is conscious with, like, a fucking 210 Cody on top of him. And doesn't think, hey, <laughs> I should probably get a fucking shoulder up while the ref is slapping his goddamn hand near my ear. It's so you know stupid. what would have been better is if, if like, uh, if like Cody had him in a submission and ro rolled him back because he would have been losing blood from his face and been unconscious and then yeah. something like that. That would have made way more sense. When when Brock has the fucking advantage, all he has to do is like go on the goddamn move right. and put a shoulder up. Yeah. He's it the just, one that has the advantage. He, he hugged him into a loss. It made no sense. It was bad. I, I this booking made. I, I want to find out who booked this match. I know. I know Sean's gonna. Post yeah, I want to know the producer. Who who Sean's, produced it? Sean will post something sometime, and we'll know who to blame for this fucking travesty. No, he'll post it. who he'll post who produced the two good matches. That's what he'll post. <laughs> he does do that sometimes. Um, but congratulations to whoever produced Bad Bunny and Damian Priest and Bianca and Io for sure. Michael Hayes fucking produced it. Did he really? Yeah. I'm shocked. The yeah. the yes man for Vince. Adam Pierce produced the uh, Rollins and Omos match. So. That was good. Uh, Io yeah, Sky he's not bad. Io Sky and Belair was produced by T.J. Wilson. Shocking to no one. Mm-hmm. Um. Abyss did the three-way. Jason Jordan did the six-man. Jamie Noble did the Bad Bunny, Damian Priest. Shocking and to no one that TJ Wilson and Jamie Noble are the two that fucking did the best two matches. And Sean Davari did the Rhea Ripley-Zelina match. But I'm pretty sure Abyss also did the triple threat IC title match at WrestleMania between uh, Drew, Gunther, and Sheamus. So that's probably why they went ahead and said, hey... You did really fucking good there. We'll give you this one too. But of course, he had probably like half the fucking time. Yeah. 
And fucking Michael Hayes, bro. Come on. Get it together. Like, okay, so if Michael Hayes... If you already know going in that Michael Hayes is producing that final match of Lesnar, and you know that Vince is just going to fucking... He's just literally doing it through Vince. Mm-hmm. Why the fuck would you still put that on last over Bad Bunny and Damian Priest? But, no, well, that finish is going to be if, shitty. I think if Vince has, has enough sway to tell Michael Hayes to go do something a certain way, then surely he has enough sway to nah, pick Bad Bunny's got enough order. sway to be like, I'm not going out there unless I'm on last. Then what the fuck are they going to do? I don't think he would do that. Like, I don't think he would either, but he has enough sway to do it. He does, but it just doesn't seem in his character. All right, so overall grades for Backlash this year. It's one of the better Backlashes that we can remember just because of crowd alone. I'll give it a B. I mean, I think it was, I think it was, like I said, it was like a filler show, but it was a good filler show as far as being entertaining. Um, main event sucked a lot out of it, but everything, pretty much everything before the main event was was good. I mean, I wasn't crazy about the, the, the theory three-way match. The ending for that, we literally called like spot for spot on the finish on the show. Like, who was going mean, to get I pinned, called, how it was going to happen. All I didn't call spot for spot on the Bianca match, but we definitely called the ending of that one, too. Yeah. So, um, I don't know, man. It was good. I, I, I mean, I'll generously give it a B. I think that it could have been worse. I think that, I think part of it is that you come into it with lower expectations, especially with the Seth and Omos thing and some of the other stuff that's on the card. It was like, eh, it's probably gonna oh, be like a oh. fucking. Let's deep, let's uh, make C-. one thing perfectly clear: just because Omos and Seth overdelivered doesn't make it any less stupid that it existed in the first place. Sure. My favorite thing with the Seth Omos thing was as they were announcing, uh, as they were doing like the um, like the lead into it, where they talk about the backstory for it. They're like, oh, and Peacock Premium members can now see what led up to this match. So, like, motherfucker, that's why nobody knows what this match is about or why it's happening because you got it paywalled. <laughs> you got to pay extra for this fucking story or else you don't know why these two are wrestling. Like that. Hey, that was I promise you, whoever is paying extra and got to see it still didn't know why they were wrestling. Hmm. I do because I did watch it. So Omos um, was saying that he is a genetic freak and... Um, he was doing the Scott Steiner thing, or MVP was doing it for him. And then Seth Rollins was like, well, you're that way because you were born that way, and I'm at the top because I worked for it, and I'm going to show you that that means more. That was their whole... Fight. That's literally the promo from Raw. Yeah. The one promo they had together. Yeah, that was the... That Come was the on, man. Were, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'll take a commercial every time. All right, the only <laughs> one that they didn't go away from for the video packages for a commercial was the Cody Brock one. Mm-hmm. I had to watch that whole fucking thing. Well, did you learn a lot? No, because I watch Raw. Yeah. Fair. Well, I learned a lot. I learned that uh, Cody was upset. <laughs> yeah. That I don't know. That he st- felt- we still don't know, really know why Brock fucking attacked him in the first place. No it, one actually it, said it. They didn't even say it on the video package. Brock didn't have any fucking words in the video package. It was all Cody's side. It was literally all Cody's side. So they still have not explained what Brock's whole thing was. Cody gets on. There's no way. There's no way that Cody is still being cheered this time next year. None. None. I called it before. I said the same thing was going to happen to him if he didn't beat Roman. He was going to do the Lex Express shit. People are going to get tired of it, fed up with it. And I'm telling you, we're getting there. I'm telling you. Ready for that AEW return, baby? I am. (laughs) I'll gladly accept him back to AEW. I don't have a problem with... 
I don't have a problem with him going to WWE in the first place. I didn't jump off the Cody bandwagon. I'm still a fan of Cody, but there's no reason that you <laughs> think that you saw what happened to him in AEW and you thought, oh, I can fix him and do the exact same shit in WWE. No way. I can't. He's going to get booed. I can fix him. All right, so there's our backlash. All right, you gave it a B. I'll agree with you. I'll give it a fucking B too. That's our backlash review for this year. Hope you enjoyed it. Let us know down in the comments on YouTube when this posts what grade you gave Backlash. And if you agree with us or not. Um, best match, Bianca, Io, second best, close second, Damien, and uh, Bad Bunny, which got a lot of time, by the way. A lot of time. As it should have. A lot of people were saying maybe the... Last match went on sh was a little short because they were short on time, but I'm not sure how accurate that is when you have a PLE now, and I don't know if you even have time restraints anymore. Yeah, for sure. Um, right. hmm. Next up. That is interesting. Do you think... I mean, they've got to, right? Because it's on Peacock programming, but then it's, it's their sub-network on Peacock. The only way it would have time restraints still is if it's on... if they still run shit on Dish or whatever. People are yeah. still paying sixty dollars for it because they don't have Peacock because they're old. Which you know is what that reminds me of? Is a thing came out a while ago. It was, it was a while back, but it was like um, talking about how how AOL is still in business, and they were still in business because they had like just a long list of like auto build subscribers who didn't who like just kept paying for AOL because they thought like that is the internet and that they have to pay for AOL to still like have access to shit. And it reminds that's I think of that every time somebody mentions people that still buy pay-per-views on Dish and shit. It's just so funny to me. Because if you've got Dish, you can get satellite internet and just watch the shit streaming. I mean, this is weird to me. But, whatever. All right. New Japan Wrestling Dontaku 2023 happened mm. this week. Um, some big changes in the show, actually. Three new champions. Kenta loses the strong openweight title to Hikaleo. Okada, Ishii, and Tanahashi win the never open weight six man titles with Shota, U Shota Umino coming out to challenge them and letting everyone know that Moxley was going to be one of his two partners. Still don't know who the other one's going to be, but that's fucking badass. And then, of course, Moxley had like a pre taped promo that he did. Um, and then, of course, uh, David Finley beat Tamatanga to win the never open weight title. Sonata defeated T Taka Takahashi to retain the IWGP heavyweight title, which we talked about on. Um, I believe on... What the fuck did we talk about that on? We talked about it on Prediction Show, I think. It came up. And then Yoda yeah. made his return from Excursion and attacked Sonata afterwards and joined uh, Takahashi and the rest of LIJ. All right, so what stands out to you from the show? What are you intrigued in going forward with everything that I just said? Because those were the main uh, parts. Oh, and also Zack Sabre Jr. and Jeff Cobb had a New Japan TV title match that went to the time limit draw. Yes, which leads into the Samoa Joe thing, kind of, too, from Ring of Honor. So, um, Moxley coming back is cool. I don't know who their third's gonna be, but I imagine it'll be somebody from BCC, but somebody that can take a loss, so probably Yuta. Um, he's gonna bring his two sons out to Japan and <laughs> go wrestle with them, I guess. But, um, I don't think he's gonna win. Um, I'm pretty sure that's just to make the, the, trio title more credible over there no i want danielson i'm sure danielson wants danielson too but um i think if you send danielson and mox over there they have to win and i don't think new japan's gonna do that so it'll probably be it's you a, it's a six-man title no one cares if they win or not what do you mean 
No, I'm saying Japan, Japanese fans wouldn't care. Who cares if they win? Why would that be a big problem? Um, if Shota, Moxley, and Danielson all come back with six-man titles, why would that be an issue? They could drop them at Forbidden Door. It's because of the people that you have them on right now. Like, those are three of your biggest names in the entire company that are holding that. Okay. You don't really want them to take a loss to fucking Shota Umino and Yuta. I didn't say Yuta. I said Danielson and Moxley. It's not going to be Danielson and Moxley. Dude, that would be so badass. If you really don't know if you're ever going to be able to send Danielson over to do a G1 or something, dude, this man could fight three of their legends in one full spell swoop. Yeah, that's true. The Um, issue is, is New Japan doesn't ever usually give those matches a lot of time so that would be the one drawback mm-hmm. i mean if you want to put you over there to take the pin i'm cool with that i mean this one got 20 minutes so i mean the one on tantaka got 20 minutes yeah but it's not it's not wrestle kingdom or forbidden you door want, you want a 45 like, minute fucking no no no, no i'm just saying they got more time because of the pay-per-view that it is yeah i guess um if they if they if they lead something out of that into Forbidden Door, that'd be cool since I'm going. But uh, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, but do you really have Moxley and Danielson lose at Forbidden Door? Unless it's to the same same three and they get it back. And then Shota could take the pin. I mean, Shota would have to be the one taking the pin out of everybody in the match. Yeah, if they're going to get him back, for sure. Yeah. Like, Ishii's taking the pin, probably, if they were going to win him. And then Shota would have to take the pin if they got him back. Yeah. Um, I'm just saying, like people, I think people would fucking freak out if you announced that Danielson was the other partner. Mm. And I feel like, I feel like it's, it's where they're going with it for the other partner is not going to reach levels of Moxley. But if you're trying to, it would have to be Danielson. I just hope it's not some like fucking Sammy Callahan or something. That would be stupid. You know, uh, Kingston. I don't have a problem with Sammy Callahan, but I get what you're saying. Because it would Kingston. be. Uh, huh? Kingston would be an interesting choice. Because you know him and Ishii want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be cool. But I don't know how Claudio would feel about that. Well, it depends. <laughs> if, if Kingston ends up taking the pin, then that just helps the Claudio Eddie Kingston divide as well. Like, I told you not to trust him, like, or you can't trust him to, you know, to whatever. Be good. Yeah. Get a win at a big spot, yeah. Yeah, having having Cobb do the tie is interesting. It does say that they take him pretty seriously, at least. Um, I'm glad they did that because that needs to be something that gets used more, especially in Zack Sabre Jr. TV matches where it is the 15-minute time limit or whatever. And Zack Sabre Jr. is somebody whose entire style lends itself to dragging out matches. Correct. That's what I'm saying. I was like, he should have way more draws than wins anyway because of the way he wrestles. It makes way more sense for him to be able to just do that and use it as a crutch to keep the title. Right, and then it it helps elevate the other people too because they aren't taking losses. Like Jeff Cobb looks pretty good coming out of this, um, but it makes Zack Sabre Jr. look smart and like a like a you know dominant champion for his niche. Yeah, so, it's just another thing that with the DQ or the countout rule, you have to beat me. I don't have to beat you. Right, and I, I you know I like the way that they did this. This made sense to me. Um, so. I think he's on his fifth or sixth defense now, which is pretty cool. Um, but then on Ring of Honor, uh, Joe came out and um, made it seem like he was going to challenge Zack Sabre Jr. So we'll see where that goes. He wants to be the television belt collector. Belt collector. 
Okay, so what do you think about Finley beating Tamatanga to win the Never Openweight title? I miss me with all this Finley shit. I don't give a fuck. Um, so they had to do that because apparently Tamatanga's not under contract right now. Correct. That's and what I read too. He hasn't been yeah. under contract since Wrestle Kingdom, possibly. It's, it's been a it's minute. Been like two or three so, months, something like that. Yeah, it's been a minute. Sorry, that was loud. It's playing outside. Um, yeah, so he's he's not been under contract for a couple months at least. Um, and right now, uh, they don't think he's going to go anywhere else. But uh, it's always a possibility. They could they could send him over to NXT and teach him how to stop cursing in promos. Um, you get God in the tag division in WWE. I mean, that's a pretty big get. They're instantly going to be pretty credible, pretty dominant. It's not going to be like the OC coming in. Like it's you know, especially with them being uh, Samoan. <laughs> they're going to play the fuck up that whole Samoan thing immediately. Like, oh, we're the real bloodline. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, that's the thing. A lot of people don't understand that they had, they're Samoan or Wutongan or whatever, but they're not related to the actual bloodline that's currently there. So yeah. they could literally just go against them and be like, no, we're the real bloodline. That'd yeah, awesome. I mean, yeah, they are Tongan. But like my my thought was just how they push the Samoans. Just be like, yeah, we're the we're the real bloodline of wrestling, whatever. Um, bring Hikaleo over. Well, I guess they can't now because he's a champion too. Um... I'd like to see uh, Master Wado be utilized a little bit more. It's disappointing that he wasn't... Um... You're the only one. All right, so... Well, I guess he might be able to now because Takahashi is obviously done with the Sonata stuff, so I guess he could move on to that. Yeah. How often is it that they put two faces together to fight for a title in New Japan for the junior heavyweights? Uh, it happens It happens pretty often. Okay. Um, they're normally presented as, like, athletic... Because I'm, I'm like, I'm looking at the, looking at him, and I'm like, it's Ishimori basically. If he's gonna fight somebody, yeah. If you're just doing straight heel versus uh, face Faces. for that, Did, and also, I don't know if we didn't mention it already, but ELP came back and started beating the shit out of David Finley, I believe, mm. after that match, something like that. So that he's still sense. involved. Um, would like to see him go over to Black and Gold, but we'll see. I don't know what his contract status is. I don't think anybody does. I don't think it's known publicly, but... Um, and I think the Tomatonga bridge with Jay White's a little bit too burned for him to come over and do Bullet Club in America. It wouldn't really make sense if you pay attention to the continuity between the... Um, yeah, it wouldn't make any sense for him to even join Bullet Club over in WWE, honestly. Yeah, so... I mean, it, it might. I mean, he's got he's got ties with. Well, I uh, guess it could AJ. because he's he's tight with Finn because Finn was the the OG leader or whatever. Right. So it would make more and, sense. And he never had a falling out with AJ or anything. So like it's yeah. Yeah, I guess it could work over there. All right. Um, especially if they're gonna do like that versus. Well, are they on? They're on Raw still though, right? No. Are they on Raw? Or they went to SmackDown? I can't remember now. Oh, I have to go look at the fucking draft or something. So I was thinking like if they went to SmackDown. They could instantly have a feud with LWO. I think they... No, they didn't. They went to Raw. They went to Raw. No, they went to SmackDown. My bad. SmackDown was well, on the left side. drafted to WWE SmackDown, right? Yeah, they're on SmackDown. Yeah. I could picture the SmackDown side on my in my head. So, yeah. Because that's, that's the one where I had seven. to do four different renders because I was pissed off because I didn't know they were putting everybody together like that. Um... <laughs> But uh, yeah, that would be cool because you'd autom automatically have LWO versus the OC if you bring in Tama too for that yeah. fourth guy. Um, so that could work. Uh, all right, so what did you think of uh, 
The Sonata Takahashi match was pretty much what everybody thought it was going to be. It was decent, but we all knew Sonata was going to win. And then Yoda comes back, made his return from Excursion. He was the man behind the vignettes about, like, the, for lack of a better term, the Godzilla-type vignettes that they were doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, What do you think about his return? And immediately joining LIJ and, like, going after Sonata out the gate. That's crazy, right? I mean, he looks good. He, he looks a lot. Is like that not wind. is that not weird and like unheard of for a for a guy coming back from excursion and immediately going for the IWGP Heavyweight Champion though? Uh, I mean, I guess when Jay White did it, he more went for the the US title early and on. And Shota definitely didn't do it. Shota definitely didn't. No. Oh, that they got to be pretty high up on Yoda then. Yeah, I mean, he looks like a younger. Is it a case of them being high up on him or just because Jay White just left? Will Ospreay might be gone next year. Like, you got to have somebody plugged into the main event upper mid-card scene out the gate. Get some fresh faces in there. I think part of it, too, is that when most people come back from excursion from the Young Lions system, they're usually juniors. Like, they don't don't come back as heavy as a whole lot. You don't get a whole lot of heavyweights coming back from excursion. Um... I think Kitamura was the, the the last young lion that was like a legit, like straight up could not ever be sold as a fucking junior aside from Yoda, and he passed away. Um, and he hadn't been wrestling for a while even before that too. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's I think that's part of it. It's just that normally when people come back from excursion, they don't really put them in the heavy division anyway. So yeah, I, I can't think of an example off the top of my head where somebody came back and was straight up in the title picture. Um, I'm gonna. I mean, Naito kind of when he came back from from his excursion a little bit. You can make that argument. It was pretty soon. But yeah. yeah, no, it's it's not it's not like he came back and immediately like his first night back was fucking attacking the champion or anything. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay, so I give this, I give this a B, and the reason mm-hmm. I give it a B is because even though the Sonata Takahashi thing was predictable, you got the return of Moxley announced. You've got uh, Okada, Ishii, and Tanahashi winning as a team, which is cool as fuck. Mm-hmm. And they're immediately going to go after, going to be def- uh, defended against Shota, Moxley, and somebody else. You've got uh, Yoda coming back from Excursion and attacking the champion out the gate. And even though it's, most of the years it's just a non-happening pay-per-view, you had three new champions overall for the entire show, which is crazy. So I give it a B. I can, I can go with that. I'll, I'll probably also say like a B. Um, which feels weird after having just rated the uh, the um, backlash pay per view also a B. Yeah, well, I'm, but it's, it's I rated B's in a different way. I rated in a, I rated these shows more not against WrestleManias but against other backlashes and against other Dontakus. Yeah, We've got to establish what our our relativity curve is. Um. Yeah, I'll give it, it a B. If That's I went back show. and watched one of these pay-per-views over again, it would probably be actually be Backlash. I think it has better replay value. I think two of the matches do, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Well, that's all you need. Okay. I might watch the I don't think there was Brock. a five-star match on Dontaku, do you? Mmm... 
I'm it's, giving okay. Bianca and Io a four and a half, probably. I think the Zack Sabre Jr. and Jeff Cobb match was good, but knowing that they're working toward the draw, I think it's hard to... Yeah, I don't know. I guess not. Yeah. Okay. All I right. think it... I think some of the matches on Dontaku outweighed some of the low spots of Backlash, but not enough to put it over it, if that makes sense. Over the yeah, I got spots. you. Yeah. Alright. Next up, we've got to talk about this, and we'll talk about it more later and mark that tweet, but I think we all know where I'm going here. All-in ticket sales were 43k after the two-day pre-sale, $5.7 million gate. Then Friday, the tickets went up to the general public, 50k on Thursday, and now we're sitting close to 70k right now on Sunday. Oh my goodness. I believe, I believe this is close to a sellout. I was, I want to say the Estimated actual number from 92 SummerSlam was 82,000 or something like that, right? So these are all but actual sold tickets. It was a um, different venue, to be clear. So when Wembley Stadium was called Wembley Stadium back then, it was a different thing altogether. It wasn't the same building. Okay. Um, anyway, so. so we said at the very early outset of this that 25K was our number because 22,000 was their biggest attendance so far. So we said if they hit 25K or basically anything over 22K, that we would view it as a, as a success, right? Mm -hmm. Then as we get closer, weeks good. and weeks later, and they go on pre-sale, and they sell 43K after two days without mm -hmm. announcing a single match. Not only do we already know where we stand as far as is it a success or not, even if they sold no other tickets after the two-day pre-sale, to us, it was a success. So yeah. being close to 70K now, how are we viewing how crazy this is from a company that is not even five years old? Um, I think Tony Khan probably bought like 50,000 of those tickets. And then... Um, He's lying about the numbers to make WWE look bad. And also that uh, it was scalpers and resellers. And also that um, Ticketmaster is lying. And That's probably true, because I only saw about a thousand people post their tickets on Twitter. So those are the <laughs> also, only people that are buying them, right? Also, it doesn't count because they couldn't do it in America. And also it doesn't count because um, WWE, uh, when Andre the Giant body slammed got body slammed by Hulk Hogan that was in front of 300,000 screaming Hulkamaniacs so um the fucking gulp was moving on this since the original sales figures came out it's been hilarious to me like the um the scalpers one is the funniest one to me because if they actually ever win on the site they would see that you can actually only put uh six ma six maximum tickets per payment method for this event um it's a little bit more restricted than some of the American events because there are different laws there um, and I don't, I don't know that anybody thinks they're going to be able to just scalp like they would for an American show. Uh, also, there's enough seats still available that I don't think anybody's really like hard up to buy from a reseller right now. So it's it's a crazy number. Um, I think I think my my number when I was when I was looking, I was like, you know, even if they don't fill it, I think as, as long as they go over fifty, then I'll consider that like pretty fucking good. And they've blown through fifty so quick. Um, and yeah, like you said, this the show's not for another three months, and there's nobody announced for the card yet, so it's just it's fucking insane. Um, and kind of like we talked about, uh, I, I saw a lot of people on Twitter talking about like you know I, I don't I don't follow them super closely or whatever, but it's at Wembley, so I'm gonna fucking go. 
because it's only like 30 pounds and I'm going to go just to say I went to a goddamn Wembley show or whatever. Yeah, like. I saw that too because when they were, were when they did the the comparison to Clash at the Castle to this Wembley show for AEW, if you looked at the ticket prices, AEW was selling their stuff for less. Yeah. So it was still not the overall gate even though they had more people still wasn't there. I mean, it's past it now obviously, but at the time when they were doing the the figures for like the $5.7 million gate or whatever it was, or $4.3 million, whenever the fuck that first number had come out. Um, it still wasn't past it. But that's partly in due, due because uh, Tony Khan knows his audience, right? Yeah. He knows that he has way more seats to fill, and two, that AEW doesn't have a 50-year history behind it. So why wouldn't your tickets cost less so that you're trying to get more people in there? Yeah. And the thing is, too, we we know for a fact already that he only paid 400000 to rent the stadium so i mean <laughs> between travel uh paying the actual talent and the building itself and what he's probably gonna make back on fucking merch profits and everything else after logistics of getting everything over there i don't think this was ever a concern about whether or not it was gonna be profitable so he he has the flexibility to make the tickets a little bit lower some people were talking about um the highest uh, WCW gate ever, which was like 1.6 uh, if you adjust for inflation. Um, but it was Are like we talking the Hogan-Goldberg match at the Georgia Dome on Raw? I mean, on Nitro, rather? I think it was Hogan-Nash, weirdly enough. Wasn't it? I don't think so. Unless we're... I, but, or, I, it was uh, Georgia. I mean, it could be paid attendance. I'm not positive. Well, yeah, I'm talking paid attendance. It was like 34,000. Highest paid attendance... Uh, Monday Nitro in Atlanta, both of I mean, both their highest ones were in Georgia, so we could just be talking about two of the same fucking thing. But um, the highest paid attendance was 35514 They did a live gate of 906 uh, and it was Goldberg versus Hogan. So Nash versus Nash versus Hogan was the second one that was not, that was a higher live gate. So that's why I was confused. So the way that they've got it is that in the table. Technically, the Goldberg-Hogan match had a thousand more-ish in paid attendance, but the Hogan-Nash one actually did a higher live gate by about 24,000. Um, so when you take the, the highest one that they've ever done, which is the, the Hogan-Nash one, and uh, you adjust that for inflation, it comes out to about 1.6 million. And people online were talking about like, oh, well, you know, uh, none of the AEW shows have ever done 1.6 million if you adjust it for inflation or whatever. It's like, yeah, but you don't, use inflation in these figures for a few different reasons one of the reasons is the same reason that you don't look at like inflation numbers for old movie theaters uh and compare them to modern uh movie ticket sales or modern gross set um at theaters you never inflation adjusts those because there's another variable that nobody really thinks about which is what percentage of someone's income at the time did a ticket cost um and when you compare those figures it completely change like there's so many different ways to look at historical figures versus modern figures especially in data analytics and things like that statistics um which is what i do for a living um that there's no you you can always move the numbers one way or the other so generally the consensus in like comparing movie grosses is to not bother inflation adjusting it just doesn't really matter and same thing here but um even if you adjusted these figures for inflation that it completely fucking blows out of the water anything wcw ever did 
Um, unless you want to count the North Korea show, which nobody does. For nobody doesn't. Also, yeah. because they were getting a cut of it, too. It wasn't just all going to the same spot. It wasn't all going to WCW. But there was another cool thing that Sean Ross Sapp had pointed out, is that if they keep selling tickets, this could potentially take um, ECW's, WCW, and... Um, I don't know if it was WWE or if it was Impact or something. There's three different companies or some shit. All their biggest shows combined, it would beat that mm. for the gate if they keep going. What do you think the cap out is here? Because it kind of slowed down drastically, but like you said, it's still three months away. So I, th I think when they announce think the they card, get close you're get to ninety people. When they start announcing people that are actually going to be on the card, you'll get another surge of buys. So if they ever announce Ospreys on it, if they announce Jamie Hayter is definitely going to be there wrestling against whoever. If they do like a hater versus Soraya or some shit, uh, or Soraya. Yeah, I was, um, I was saying, I was saying that if, could you imagine if they hadn't, if they had announced uh, like Osprey Omega or that CM Punk was definitely gonna be there, yeah. like the tickets would fucking just go. The and fuck I think up. they, so that's the thing too. They still have time. So with the, um, with the. You know what I like about this the most though, the move. Everybody's come. Everybody's wondering if is this going to be available to watch for the people that are not going. I love the fact that they have not announced that yet because you're making people have to buy the ticket to actually go see it in person. Because let's say you do announce, hey, it's going to be on HBO Max, and if you already have HBO Max, then guess what? You're watching that for free, right? So then you might not be so inclined to go if you're in the UK or something like that. So I love the fact that they haven't announced. You got three months. You don't have to announce that shit anytime soon. Love it. That's a smart strategy. All the punk stuff is supposed to happen, like all the AW collision, all that bullshit beforehand too. So then if they announce that he's 100% gonna be at that show, I would expect a ticket spike from that. I would expect a ticket spike if they announce any of the big UK guys, Osprey, Pack, whoever, uh, Jamie Hayter, Soraya. I'm pretty positive Soraya will be there. I don't see any scenario where she's not. I, somebody on, I forget where it was, it was either Twitter or Reddit or some bullshit, it was like, Oh, they should have uh, Jamie Hayter and Soraya main event. And I'm just like, bro, that's a fucking terrible idea. Like, that's... Soraya ain't... No, if, if Omega Osprey 2 is happening, that's main eventing. Yeah. yeah. You want your main event at a big show like that to be like a 20-minute highlight reel. You don't want it to be like a... You know, these are two people that are big over in the in the UK and yeah, their you, spots you, are You could start the show off with Hayter and Soraya. That would be cool. If you want to get the or, fucking all the energy in that fucking first match... That would be cool. Or make shit. it a fucking co-main or the one before the intermission match or whatever. Like, because the crowd will be behind it for sure. But yeah, I just, it's so, these are people that don't, I don't think they're thinking. I'd love a Orange Cassidy versus Pac versus Kip Sabian triple threat for the international title. I think that would be cool. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously we're just fantasy booking here now. But, but yes, but, I agree that it's, Soraya's going to get um, a match. Um... And they love her over there, so it's not like she's gonna get booed if she won something, even if it's the TBS or the or the world title. We over here might groan at it. I know you would. I don't have a problem with it. I think Hater's run has been epic, obviously, but if Hater and Soraya are in two different matches, I'd be okay with Soraya and Hater coming out as the two champs. If you're finally gonna have Jade drop it, because I don't know what the fuck we're doing with Jade at this point. Um, Waiting for just, Statlander. Or, yeah, I mean, yeah, but. You're not you're not putting Statlander over in Wembley. At least I don't think so. Depends on how ready she is, I guess. But yeah, um, that's the other yeah. thing with uh, Soraya too. She has to get to Wembley without getting hurt, as well. 
just a she's been taking some, she's been here. taking some bumps, dude. So I don't know. She's she's not, and I understand she's older and she had a lot of time off or whatever, but she's not. She's not somebody I would I would feature on a card like that, except for the fact that she is the hometown person, um, because her her work is not, you know, it's not what it used to be. So I just don't know. How, I don't know who you put her against. Because you know she's going to get cheered, though. You can't put her against Hater, I don't think. Well, no, because you, you could, and you do the same thing they just did with Zelina. You have a match, and then afterward, you give Soraya her little time to stand in the middle of the ring and bow and cry and wave to everybody and fuck off. But is Hater's from there, too, though, is my point. Yeah, she is. That's not the same thing. Rhea's not from So is fucking Damian Priest! Yeah. Yeah. It's not the same. They love yeah. Soraya way more than Puerto Rico loves Damian Priest. You don't know. All right. So anyway, fantasy of, booking aside, very impressed with the there. numbers. Close to 70K. Um, we'll hopefully get an updated number eventually on that. But let's move on to what you were talking about. The collision stuff. AW Collision Saturday on TNT two-hour live show. Saw this uh, fan-made logo. I love it because I am a lifetime wrestling fan and I'm old as shit. So, love this. I hope they... I I really wish they would do this just to piss off the people that just find anything to hate on AEW about anyway. Oh, you're just copying WCW. Anyway. But if you wanted the two brands to really stand out from each other, right? If you wanted to actually feel like a different show, um, I'd be okay with this. With these colors and stuff. But logo aside, because that's not what this is about. Um, Because it's not official or anything. AW Collision has been rumored to have another big name to debut for the show, along with Punk. So, if you were a betting man, if that that rumor is true, is your money on Ibushi, Mercedes Monet, Miro, Statlander? Who who would be the, the other big name to go to Collision with Punk? El Phantasmo. Um... Actually, don't know. Uh, Statlander returning would be big, but I don't know that'd be big enough to say there's a big return coming in at Statlander. I think they might fall a little bit more flat than they think. I think people would be excited to see her back, but I don't. I think it would get some backlash as far as like, yeah, she's already returned from injury twice. Like, oh, okay, so she's coming back from another injury. Um, Miro coming back would be cool, but I don't know where his head is at lately with all the creative he's apparently been turning down. That seems weird to me. Um, Ibushi would be awesome, but he's Ibushi friends with good. everybody else that's not going to be wanting to work with Punk anyway. Right, and that's, yeah, I don't think that works. Um, Mercedes would be cool, and you know Mercedes is, is fine with, with Punk too. So that might, it could be that. Because apparently, or I mean, she doesn't have a ton of, uh, she didn't sign a contract for a ton of dates with Bushi Road, apparently. Um, and uh, maybe she is coming to AEW. I don't know. I think, I think Trinity would feel kind of fucked over if uh, if Mercedes just went back to WWE now, while Trinity's stuck in fucking Impact. So I could see Mercedes going to AEW. That would make sense. Um, not trying to guess at their, you know, interpersonal relationship or anything, but that's how I, I think I would feel kind of weird about it if I was Trinity, um, leaving with my friend and then my friend goes right back while I'm in fucking Impact. So. I can see AEW. Okay, being an let, let's let's phrase the question like this to make it more of opinion based, right? Instead of what we think could happen, because we could kind of see a couple of those options. What but an opinion let's, is? 
Well, I know, I understand that. I'm going to make it more opinion-based, is what I'm saying. Yeah. If you're Tony Khan, and you have this show coming up, and you have CM Punk up there, and you know he's older, so he's not going to be able to wrestle every week because you don't want his ass to get hurt again, and he's pretty much there for a name right now until you can trust him to not get hurt. Who is the other name that you are going to put with him to make that show a must-see TV show? Is it Mercedes? I mean, she's got a lot of fucking crazy Is it fans. Miro? Is it Andrade? Is it... I mean, I would put both of them there. Um, but, I mean, if you're if you're talking about, like, who's the biggest draw that you could get that would bring eyes to it that probably wouldn't watch a show without that person on it, it's probably Mercedes, because she's got, like, a crazy-ass fucking group of fans. No, I, I understand that, for sure. The stands for Mercedes are insane. Yeah. So, and yeah, Paul, I mean, for that matter. Yeah. Okay. There you have it. Now, let's get into something I didn't get to do last week, and that is Usi or not Usi. Are you ready for this? Um, they're all pretty still relevant, so I kept it, and we didn't get to do it last week, so here we go. Just hasn't been very Usi. If you can't find your inner Usi again. All right, Usi or not Usi time. There we go. Step one, we got four of them actually. Edge was asked if Brock should have broken Taker's WrestleMania streak in an interview recently. He said no. And when he asked, or when he was asked who should have broken it, he said Roman. Usi or not Usi? That's uh that's gonna be a not Usi for me. Uh I don't think Edge remembers the context of the time, but um Lesnar needed it. Like, Lesnar was always seen as a, a credible threat and, like, a whatever, but he didn't really start his fucking, like, super dominant tear. Like, it, everybody was like, oh, yeah, he's scary, whatever. But, I mean, he was still going, you know, 66-33 with fucking John Cena and stuff before the street breaking. Um, like, this is... It, it enhanced his mystique so much. It gave Heyman so much to talk about and to sit on. It made Lesnar almost like a godlike figure in the company for so long going forward to the point that he still is, even with the stupid shit with having to dick kick Lashley and getting DQ'd and this garbage with Cody lately. But he still got this status coming off of that that he wouldn't have had, I don't think, without it. And Reigns, Reigns never needed it. He did also beat The Undertaker. And like, it, it's just, it wouldn't have made any sense to wait for Reigns to be ready to do it, I don't think. Um, doing Lesnar when they did it, everybody at the time was super shocked about it, but in retrospect, it was probably the right call. You made somebody like a huge, huge, huge threat, star, dominant guy out of that for so long, and the residual effect of that has been going on so long that he's still seen that way, regardless of what stupid shit he's involved in now. So, yeah, no, I, I don't agree with that at all. Very I also disagree with Edge, but I'm going to say it should have been Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt went completely downhill after losing to Undertaker at WrestleMania. Even re reinvented himself and came back all the way up to the top just to fall again at Hell in a Cell against Seth Rollins in what could only be described as one of the biggest fumbles of all time in WWE history when he didn't get the Universal title against Rollins. You think Michael Hayes booked that too? Probably. We could look it up. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't even say... I'm not even saying that he produced these matches. I'm saying Vince produced them and told Michael Hayes to go do that. That's yeah. what happened. And he said, yes, sir, Vince. Yes, sir. 
licked the boot on the way out. That's what he did. Yep. I, I would give it to Bray, but I understand your point for sure for Brock. Now, when it happened, did I think Brock needed it? No, I did not. My whole childhood crushed in, in right in front of my eyes. Dude. I didn't think anybody needed it at the time. In hindsight, if you were going to break the streak years. anyway, then I think it should have been Bray Wyatt. Edge would have been a good choice too, by the way. Surprised you didn't say at the CM time. Punk. CM Punk should have broke it. CM Punk nah. so good. CM Punk didn't need it. Yeah. I thought the CM Punk story, the way the CM Punk story was set up, there was no way CM Punk was winning. Yeah. That was all about Paul Bear and shit and fucking around with his ashes and the and urn the that urn. had Paul Bear. No, there's no <laughs> fucking way. That would have made him a super heel for the rest of his life. Yes, but no, there's no way. It would have made any sense to have Undertaker lose after he just lost everything else throughout the entire storyline. He was already down bad in the storyline. It made it would have made no sense. So no, I would not have said CM Punk. But I would have liked to have seen um, Randy Orton had a really good match with him, and Randy Orton was still very young when he did it. So, but Undertaker still had a lot of time left. So I wouldn't have done that. Um, Edge had a really good match with him. Um, Edge would probably be my second place guy. Good. Kurt Angle, I believe, had a match with him at WrestleMania. That was really fucking good. The Triple H match was good. No. You don't no. think the Triple H match with Shawn Michaels as a fucking guest referee was good? Dude, you talk about overbook? You complain about overbooking shit constantly on this show. Uh, I just said that the match that was overbooked on Backlash was fine. But, but you still brought it up to be saying that it was overbooked. You went out of your way to talk about it. It could be overbooked in a good way. Okay, well, anyway, there was no reason that Triple H would have done it either. Because uh, he's the best. What did Triple H need it for? To be the best. Dude, the shut, best. shut the fuck up. If Triple H was booking it, he would have won. He's the king of kings. If Triple H was booking it, he would have won. He's the king of the king he of He would have dead. won it. If Shawn Michaels was booking it down in NXT, he would have won. It's a basic hierarchy. King of the king of the dead. And no, it was not a better match than either one of the Shawn Michaels matches. Mm. Don't start. Don't start on here. Mm. Don't start on here. Don't start on here. I think it's better than the first one. Nope. Yeah. What the fuck? I like the first one better than the second one. Really? I like the second yes. One Come on, man. Tell me that guy. All right. All right. Let's up. Uh, dark and dark elevation seemingly have been canceled as no new episodes have been uh, weren't released this week. Um, then it was, I guess, later confirmed that it they weren't gonna be, and that it AEW dark and dark elevation. Uh, wrestlers going forward would appear kind of like in a Ring of Honor situation. Um, and I guess at house shows and stuff when they travel to certain areas. Um, with AEW Collision coming out for the, be the new two-hour uh, live show, the hiring of Will Washington to help with creative for Tony Khan, um, I guess it was just going to be too much work to do all that at the same time. So what do you think of AEW Dark and Dark Elevation, um, a two shows that created a bunch of jobs for a lot of indie wrestlers, especially in AEW. The list is Sky Blue, Will Hobbs, um, Top Flight. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's a shit ton of people. Um, what I do you think, think about I'll, what do you think about that ending? Uh, not Usi because I'll miss the commentary. The commentary was some of the best parts of Dark and Dark Elevation. Um, just the, the boost that they had on that was fucking great all the time. Uh, Taz always cracking me up on that shit. Um, Taz, Excalibur, Daddy Magic, fantastic. Yeah. Big show, sometimes too. It was also good on me. Um, 
I understand why they're doing it. Uh, I tentatively not Usi. We'll see what they do with the with the talent because I don't I don't know that Ring of Honor really has the space for them either. Because if you watch Ring of Honor now, it already kind of feels like too many of the lower card matches are filler. Like I I get that like people like Blake Christensen or whoever have been there for a while and people like him or whatever. But like I don't really want to see him wrestle. It's not a personal thing. I, I think he's a fine wrestler. I, it's just one of those things where you're watching somebody that you know isn't gonna probably get past where he currently is. Um, and I feel that way about a lot of the people that are already on Dark and Dark Elevation. So I don't know that I want more of Ring of Honor programming taken up with that, if that makes sense. But um, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what they do with it. Uh, I agree that a lot of people really got over from working there. Um, and it's a big loss of opportunity for some of the people that potentially could have gotten over from working there going forward. But um, they're saying that they have a, a suitable replacement for it. So we'll see what they're what that model looks like going forward before I give too much of a judgment on it. Um, yeah, I, I just, I don't like it right now from the sense that, like, guys that were really starting to come into their own, like the Brock Anderson, Brian Pillman tag team, mm -hmm. are now just cut off, and we don't know what the fuck's gonna happen to them. Yeah. So, if you had something that you're going to announce right after to be in its place, I get it. There was also a report saying that this is partly due to because of WB wanted all their content to be associated with them and not YouTube. So... Will, I think you will, just turned... will they come out with another show or maybe a show that streams only on Max or something like that? Would that's yet to be seen too. I think you just turn you turn Rampage into the equivalent of the dark, since pretty much nobody's watching it anyway. Um and it's the same concept as far as it's a pre tape show. You could look at the results if you really care that much and then go pick what you want to watch. Um I agree with that, but I think they should make it a little bit better than that. I think the I think the main events in whatever i think you should still have title matches on it i think you should still have um like not fucking wwe superstars on saturday morning type shit where you already know who's gonna win on all well i mean that is the problem with it though because i mean they used to do good numbers until you stopped putting the big names on it and started treating it like a fucking sideshow because it was pre-taped and everybody could just go look up the results anyway and you didn't want to spoil shit for your your Friday show by having like really good stuff on there that then got spoiled. So, you know what I also would like for Rampage going forward because mm -hmm. if you're just going to tape it all the time anyway, why not air it on Friday morning or Saturday morning or Sunday morning? Well, you don't want to do Friday morning because then you wouldn't have to work. worry about getting preempted and moving all the fucking around as soon as you start getting some momentum. People are at work on Friday morning. Um, I'm not. Well, normal people are at work on Friday morning. And, yeah, I understand uh, the Friday part, but Saturday morning, and you're gonna have yeah. Saturday night wrestling anyway. Why yeah, not? You, you could. I think two in one day is probably a lot, though. Two in one day from the same company is a lot. Um, I don't I'm know. pretty sure WCW used to do that. I'm pretty sure they used to have a Saturday morning show, and then they had, had 6:05 Saturday night. Same show or same day, rather. Different era. Um, different era, same channel. Same channel. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm going to reserve most of my judgment on that until I see how they handle um, All right, Rampage but currently not Usi until we see. Yeah. All right. I, I'd like to, Impact I'd like to debut of Trinity Fatu at TNA Impact or whatever the fuck you want to call it now. Uh, she shows up. She signs a deal. She's immediately involved with um, Killing, Killing King, I believe, was her first match. She ended up beating her. 
And then, of course, she was in the middle of, I believe, Deanna Perrazzo and Jordan Grace. So she's going to be slotted in fairly shortly in the women's knockout title picture. Um, what do you think of the debut? What do you think about Mercedes and Punk going to watch it? Um, what do you think her ceiling is there? Or, like, how long do you think she's going to be there? Do you think this is, like, a test run for, like, an AEW or a WWE or even a New Japan to be like, hey, yeah, she can, she can fucking come over here. She's still good. Yeah, I'm, 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 I, I like this. Let me see on this. I think, um, I think that is how she should be treating it. She should be treating it like, uh, I'm just a, I'm the I'm in impact now. Should definitely be treating it like a tryout for other things. Cause as much as everybody. Not like a Drew McIntyre did. Yeah. And she said something about how, you know, she looked at every company and decided that impact had the best women's division, which is probably, probably used to be true. And I think Jordan Grace and Deanna Prazo are really good. I don't know that that's still true right now. I mean, that I was true when Deanna and Jordan and Tessa and Taya and Allison Kay, yeah, right. Gail Kim, Mickey James, yeah, right. that was true. So we're not, we're not, not in now, that not era today, right. not May seventh, twenty twenty three. I don't think they are. Yeah, they, I mean, they've still got some good names there, but I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so. I like her being there. I like that she's wrestling somewhere. I like that she gets to do... Uh, she gets to show people whether or not she's still competent, capable, good in the ring, whatever. Uh, which I'm sure she is. I'm sure she's fine. Um, but I hope that it's not like her final stop. Like, I think that... I think her ceiling is just a little bit higher than, than Impact, for sure. Yeah, this should be used as a step, and hopefully she shows out during this so that somebody else will give her a shot. Um, I agree. But I feel so the same about, like, Deanna and Jordan, but they don't seem like they want to really be anywhere else either, so, who knows. Well, Jonathan just got signed to Impact not that long ago, so I don't see Jordan Grace game going nowhere. She probably... I don't doubt that anybody would fucking offer her something. Yeah. But is she gonna go, though? That's the question. And now Deanna and her husband are the fucking two top champs in Impact at the moment. So, that might be why. Jordan ain't passing a fucking WWE wellness test, but um, she could probably get picked up by, like, you know, Ring of Honor, AEW, something like that. All right. So, Usi for that one. And finally, speaking of the women's division over in New Japan and Stardom, New Japan Strong announces new women's title for women's tournament involving AEW, CMLL, and Stardom with Mercedes Monet and Willow Nightingale involved at New Japan Pro Wrestling's resurgence, Usi or not Usi. I would be more excited about this if they had put Willow and Mercedes in the first round together so they would actually have a match. But I don't see the finals for a for anything from that organization ending with Willow and Mercedes as the final. Like that's no, it's a match definitely gonna I, be Momo I, and uh, Mercedes. Hmm. It's definitely gonna be Mercedes versus Momo. Yeah, so I, you know, I it sounds cool on paper, but then when you look at how they set up the brackets, I'm kind of like, eh, fuck. Um, I think they should, I still think they should swap the brackets. I think it should be Willow against Mercedes in the first round, and you can still have the same final. Um, also, it seems weird to do, like, a four-person tournament. I always feel like if it's going to be a tournament, you want more people involved, like, eight minimum, you know? Um, it, at least get two rounds before the final, not just one round. Um, but still a cool idea. 
Uh, I'll, I'll still watch it, so as oozy as I can be for how small the tournament is. I'm going to give it an oozy because I think the idea for the title is good because if you are New Japan and you're going to come out the gates and act like, hey, I want a women's division and we're going to take it seriously, then why wouldn't you have it in your sister promotion of New Japan Strong or whatever here in the States? Um, I think that just shows that you're taking it seriously and can only help it. Now, I do believe that Mercedes will be the first champion hmm. um, because she was not able to be the first champion for the IWGP title because that was Kyrie. So I think this is where she gets to be her first champion and she'll eventually lose it and then maybe she'll move on from there or maybe even she'll have a match at Forbidden Door 2 and that would help facilitate that. Yeah. Tentatively, Usi. Just wish the tournament was bigger. That's my answer. Yeah, well, I, I just think that the tournament is only that small because they're all doing it. They're doing both or all three matches in the same night. Old UFC style. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty <laughs> sure they're doing it all at Resurgence. Um, old school King of the Ring style. Yeah, that's that it. King of the Ring was fucking eight. That was a fucking... Oof, Jesus Christ. Um, Alright, so that's Usi or not Usi. Old school brawl for all. I don't think they did those on the same night, did they? I think they did one round on the same night. I don't remember. All right, you ready for monster quiz, man? Yeah, my fucking back is killing. All right, here we go. All right, yeah, go ahead. Here we go, monster quiz time. Let's put up Ryan's title. Thank you. There you go. He is the monster quiz champion so far. He is nine and four. Very good. This one's a little of a deep cut, but it's about Wembley. Here we go. The shortest match at SummerSlam 92 in Wembley Stadium was won by The Undertaker. But who was it against? Was it A, Repo Man, B, Berserker, or C, Kamala? I, I will say that... I will say that I don't think... I don't think Repo Man sounds right. At all. Um, Berserker don't sound right either. I know he wrestled Kamala, but I don't remember when the fuck it was. Could have been SummerSlam. The match was 3 minutes and 27 seconds. Fuck, that makes me think maybe it was Repo Man. <laughs> I don't think... I don't think they put Repo Man on that big of a stage. It wasn't even ever, long enough to get rated on Cage Match. I don't... Okay, so my my first thought is that even with it being a short match, I don't think they would waste a slot on Repo Man for where he was on the card. And using that, I, using that logic, I also don't think they put Berserker there on that part of the card with Undertaker. So my my gut instinct is saying Kamala because that is somebody that you could put out there and it makes sense that he would only want to do a three-minute match. Um, it can't be Repo Man. Repo Man was never that important. The Berserker one is the one that's throwing me because it could be... I could see that. 
but I'm like, I'm leaning real heavy toward Kamala because I, I, here's the problem too. And I, I don't know if I've ever explained this. I don't have a visual memory like at all. I, if you try to tell me to imagine what something looked like or anything like that, I cannot. It's completely impossible. I have no visual picture thoughts. Like it's all just text and words. So I'm trying to like think back to lists of matches. And I know that Undertaker wrestled Kamala. And I know that it was like a brief program with him. I'm trying to remember. Because it's not like I can imagine what the fuck they look like wrestling each other or anything. That's, that's the problem with having no visual memory or imagination. There's no fucking way it was Repo Man. If it's Repo Man, I quit. Like, I'm never doing one of these fucking quizzes again. Um, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna delete that. Fuck. What was the total match time? Three minutes and what? Three minutes and 27 seconds. And all three of these guys were on the pay-per-view. There's no way Repo Man was that high on the card or against Undertaker, though. I see him being like an undercard thing. Get some doink. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'm I'm leaning so heavy toward Kamala that it's making me worried that I'm wrong. That's and I I keep I think you keep going back to Berserker, but I'm gonna just because my initial instinct was Kamala, and because I I think that makes sense for the time of the match and. I'm pretty sure they had a, a program. I'm gonna say Kamala, but I'm not I'm not super confident. But I'm gonna say Kamala. Yeah! 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 God damn it. it was Kamala. Repo Man, I believe, fought Crush. Berserker was in a dark match right before the Undertaker match or right after the Undertaker match it was weird because they had like a dark match in the middle of the show that was not part of the actual broadcast mm. maybe it was a shitty match and Vince said fuck it because it was on tape delay um, <laughs> but uh, Undertaker definitely had a program with Berserker too because Berserker tried to fucking stab him with a sword into the ring so um, he had a program with both of those Repo Man was the right one that I don't think Undertaker really ever did anything with Repo Man um, yeah. but yeah it it shocked me when I saw it was only 3 minutes and 27 seconds when Kamala was built up as such a big thing at one point against the Undertaker so Kamala's not in these matches for the long the long show okay he wasn't built for the long show well not when you have fucking like 16 matches on the old school WWE pay-per-views either so yeah. but yeah there you go 10 and 4 Ryan wins again we'll keep your title up for the rest of the show because next up we have everybody's favorite part of the show it's mark that tweet and we're going to try to get through this because jack has to piss again so here we go and believe it or not it's not backup hangman but it's a re it's a reply to backup hangman it's going to be an incredible morning for AEW tomorrow when tickets were going to go on sale for pre-sale and at wrestlemaca who everybody <laughs> look at those bookmarks 48 bookmarks <laughs> Four likes on 11.8 thousand views, so I know I'm not alone here, guys. It will be the biggest failure in company history. Mark my words, which people did. 48 bookmarks. They will not sell 10K on day one. And I believe earlier in the show, I said after day two, 
it was up to 43k. So it definitely was up way past 10k on day one. Everyone saved those receipts and fucking murdered this man to the point where he doesn't have an account anymore on Twitter because guess what everybody did? They did what we do here on the show. They marked that tweet. Let's fucking go. That's what we're talking about. What a fucking idiot. Who actually thought that AEW was going to book fucking Wembley Stadium and not sell out 10k on day one? You could have made everything a goddamn dollar and it would sold out completely. And just to prove this motherfucker wrong, 10k really? That's the bar that he set? Technically, they sold that before day one. Because day one would be the public sale, not the pre-sale. So oh, well, that's not what he, this guy was talking about. This is not what this even was talking so, about. Even so, yeah, he got fucking destroyed. Um, Can this man ever come back? Not under this account. No, he can't ever change, come back under this account. He's going to change his account name. He's got to be uh, WrestleMacca2. Um, <laughs> or not WrestleMacca. I don't know. But uh, that was a real fucking dumb prediction. Um, I also went back into my uh, old tweets because I was getting a bunch of likes and shit on one, and I was like, this is so fucking long ago. I went back and looked, and it was me replying to a guy who had essentially said the same thing, talking about, like, oh, yeah, they're not even they're not going to sell 11K, or, or they're, they'll probably sell, like, 11K or whatever. I was like, bro, even if fucking half the people, who at the time was only, like, 25,000, that signed up for presale only bought one fucking ticket, like, you'd still be wrong. And they're not all only going to buy one ticket. So you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Like, your math doesn't make any sense. Don't forget the guy that was talking about fucking people signing up with multiple emails. Like, that matters. Yeah. No one does that. That doesn't make any sense. I I could see it if you had, like, notifications on two different devices for two different emails. Like, one work phone or whatever. And you just wanted to make sure you, you got it, whatever you're looking at. But that's so rare as to not even fucking count. Or I also saw a bunch of people saying stuff like, oh, well, what if people are just signing up so that they can get the the pre-sale code and give it to like put it on Twitter for clout or likes or I was like bro they've already said it's going to be individual codes like it's not a one wide pre-sale code so no that doesn't make any sense either so yeah um everybody that underestimated this got blown the fuck out you were all completely wrong uh have no idea what the fuck you're talking about don't understand the market when we talked about the show before pre-sale day one our estimates were also even way fucking higher than this and what we said at the time was depending on how they price it and depending on what they open up on the first days and in pre-sales or whatever, like we could see this going pretty fucking high. Our lower number was like 25. So yeah, I mean this whole thing from the start, people talking about 10 K 11 K you had no idea what the fuck you're talking about. Completely fucking clueless. Don't understand the market. Um, yeah, I, I wasn't surprised. The number of people that, that would sign up and only buy one ticket is so small. Yeah. So like, even if everybody created two emails, right? Because it was like 60 K signups or some shit. Some crazy mm-hmm. shit like that. So if everybody created two emails, they'll still 30k if they only bought it on one site. If they bought one ticket, yeah, it never. So made like, sense. what the fuck are we talking about here? Yeah, they it's just delusional fucking haters. And I don't know why, dude. Why you hate another fucking wrestling company so bad? That don't make any sense to me. Uh, oh, I my just... favorite, my favorite, and we might just fucking throw him in here too because he's a fucking asshole. Brad Shepard. Oh, that fucking moron. Oh my god, what a the worst person in like re- i can handle gareth's terrible takes even though him and jobber nation went back and forth with some dumb shit too brad shepherd trying to say that aw is part of a hardcore niche and then they fucking sell 
goddamn almost 70k tickets without announcing a match in a different country that they don't usually run. How is that a niche, you fucking moron? Alright, I, I'll, I'll, I will slightly defend him on this by saying Dave Matthews Band sells a fuck ton of tickets too, and so does Fish and a bunch of other bands that really only like a small subsection of people like. But if they go run a big stadium show in like a major city, they'll usually sell out or sell a lot of tickets because the people that really like that band or that really like that, you know, whatever the fucking act is, they will come from, from pretty far away to come see it. But that's not an argument against their popularity to say, oh yeah, they have a bunch of really dedicated fans. Like, okay, good. Yeah, that's a like, good thing. I understand problem? that. But you can't also say it's a hardcore niche like it's fucking ECW either when you're selling out 70,000 goddamn tickets. Yeah. Um, that's not a niche. It's not. That's that's uh, one, what, 15th of their viewing audience on Dynamite. So, I mean, it is a pretty... Yeah. Um, I understand what he's saying. It's, it just doesn't make any sense with the math, I guess. Like, if it was like 45,000 and he wanted to make that argument, I could see it. But, no, not, not a what's probably going to be near double that. So. All right, you know what that means. Yeah, that's fucking This was the easiest mark of that tweet selection of all time. Yeah, it's Of it's all time, as soon as they said it, as soon as we talked, this was from fucking six days ago, I fucking screenshotted this. Yeah. It was so easy to you, fucking you get it, this. You sent it to me, you're like, yeah, I've already got the mark this week. That was before the ticket sales had even fucking opened. So, yeah, we, we knew. Already knew this mother. Everybody knew he was going to be wrong, dude. Yep. Who gets four likes on 11.8k views and 48 bookmarks? Yep. 48? The That's other fucking three likes are probably from his other three goddamn profiles that he is going to have to use now because he can't come back to this one. That's what the kids call a bad ratio. We got news for you at WrestleMacca. We just marked that tweet, son. Listen up, you prick! You don't know shit! Your opinions suck! You fucking mark! And I just want everybody to know that I will be adding a new clip in. If you watch the newest episode of RJ City, when Sheeta says, that doesn't work for me, brother, I'm putting that in this uh, as well. I don't know. I guess I, I might do it at the end. I'll do it at the very end of it, too. Yeah. Oh, like, I can't I wait like to get that like, clip. I don't know what this one means. He's like, just read it anyway. <laughs> Yeah. It was so good. That was a great episode. So shout out to RJ City as well, because that was a that was one of my favorite ones. Um, she's getting super good with her fucking English. Like, yeah. leaps and bounds better already. Um, crazy. She's already better at English than Shinsuke, and Shinsuke's been over here longer, so that's crazy to me. Mm. Although Shinsuke's older, too. It's probably harder for him, honestly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's Mark That Tweet. That's the show for this week. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Everything will be available. Most of it will be available on YouTube in the coming week if you missed any parts of it. Um, and don't forget, on YouTube, don't worry. I got this to the side now. I was going to bring it out in the draft, and I totally forgot. These are the Macho Man socks that I'll be giving away once we hit 100 subscribers on YouTube. Um, got the Macho King all over them. Still in the package. I've had them for a while. They're pretty cool, but I just don't wear socks like that. So I just wear regular ass socks because I've got too many different shoes that I have to match and I'm not trying to fucking do socks too because that's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, so I appreciate everybody that came through. 
Appreciate everybody that subscribes to us and likes all our videos and comments and stuff on uh, YouTube as well. This will also be available in full on Spotify. So make sure, you're, make sure you check that out if you want to watch the entire episode and not have anything uh, left out. So that'll do it for us. Enjoy the next week. And by the way, the thing that we're looking forward to the most is the same thing that we were looking forward to the most last week because it didn't happen last week. It's happening this week. It's Moxley versus Kenny <laughs> Omega in the cage match. Totally I, got that wrong. I forgot that yeah. it was this week and not last week. I was like, I was like, where the fuck is the cage match? And yeah, I, I was like, oh, it's going to be next week. I was like, what the fuck? Yep. Fuck. We suck. All right. Yeah, we're dumb. Didn't do our due diligence on that one. I was too busy doing all the draft stuff. Uh, anyway, <laughs> deuces. <laughs>